Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 210 of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today's sponsors are MindSize, Restrict Content Pro, and Text Expander who you will be hearing about later on in the show. Now, if you are a uh, Build Something Club member, if you're subscribed to Build Something More, uh, but you happen to be picking up the normal feed, definitely get the Build Something More feed because we, Michelle and I, had a fantastic pre-show conversation, uh, which is a show first that I'm I'm, uh, sending out the pre-show because it was really good. Speaking of, my guest is Michelle Knight. She is the... Uh, personal branding and marketing strategist over at Brand Mary. Michelle, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Loved our little pre-show chat. Likewise, likewise. Thanks for joining me on the show here. Thanks for joining us. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nerd culture Mm -hmm. and WandaVision. So if you are, first of all, if you're not watching WandaVision, you should watch WandaVision. Uh, And if you are not caught up, uh, I guess by the time this comes out, we will actually be behind. Uh, yeah, so. it might be over. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Uh, but if you're all caught up, you know, don't tell past us what happened. Uh, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking uh, today about how to market your business without relying on social media, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I was looking at your website. Uh, again, personal branding consultant. Um, I think this is this is a really good topic to talk about because I feel like I was telling my students about this like 10 years ago. I was teaching at the college level, college freshman, like a computer literacy course. And I'm like, you need to have a personal brand. And you're, they're like, who cares? Um, but now, fast forward to 2021, I feel like that's even more important. So um, before we dive into the kind of social media stuff, I suspect having a strong personal brand will help with that. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about about what you do there. Yeah, absolutely. So I founded my company, Brand Mary, right after my son was born in 2016. And um, out of just the need to like be home, to just not want to commute to work mm-hmm. anymore, I had a background in PR, background in communications. And I dove headfirst into creating my online business with really kind of wearing this like coach consultant hat. Um, and I struggled a lot. I had no idea what I was doing. I felt like I was mimicking everybody else. I spent months creating a website that then didn't look like or sound like me, which is highly relatable to a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. about nine months into it, when I was planning on leaving my nine to five, I was like, something needs to shift. And so I started to do more and more research outside as well as some internal research to figure out who I was and uh, and what I really wanted to build a brand around. And everything really started to shift for me at that point in time. I started to show up in a different way. I started to really express myself. I did more live video and I started to share more stories. And instantly I saw connections start to happen. Uh, the same people who had been in my community for 
months were buying from me suddenly. And I didn't change the offer. All I did was change who I really, how I was showing up and creating a brand that was a representation of that. And so that's when I really fell in love with personal branding and storytelling. And I spent, you know, the next three or four years really focusing on that aspect, teaching entrepreneurs specifically how to figure out, number one, who they are and how they want to show up online, and then creating a brand and a product suite that's in alignment with that mission. And then I've moved in the last couple of years to focus on now, how do we market that? Because you realize really quickly that you can have an amazing personal brand. You can have an amazing product. But if you don't know how to effectively market it, then nobody else is going to know about it. Yes, I love that. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because um, I, I feel like between the pre-show and this, uh, you must have been listening into the solo episode I recorded right before this, uh, <laughs> which was uh, episode 206, 205, where I talked about my failed Patreon experiment, right? And it's the same thing. I started this podcast in 2016. I went self-employed in 2017 after my daughter was born. And I thought I need to launch memberships. Like I need to launch a membership for my podcast. And I just copied everyone else's benefits, mm-hmm. everyone else's um, levels. And I'm like, how come no one's buying? And and then I came to realize, I'm like, I don't, I'm just promising a bunch of stuff that I don't even know if I can deliver or not. Yeah. Um, and so I took that down and I've changed directions. And well, now people are actually buying my membership because it reflects me and, and what I can offer. So I think that's fantastic. Well, I tell people all the time that people don't buy the product or the service. There's a million products and service that are exactly the same across the board. If people really just like focused on that, then they would just buy the first thing that they see. But it's about that connection. It's about that relationship. And that's why personal branding is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and, and this, uh, as, as people listen to this, I know that's something I struggled with early on when I, when I was freelancing and making websites for people was, how do I write my copy? Do I write I? Do I write we? Who is this? Is it the royal we? <laughs> um, so maybe we can start there. Uh, how, how you present yourself, as you said, is so integral to connecting with customers, mm-hmm. to, with selling more products and services. I or we? <laughs> I think it depends. I think mm-hmm. when you're starting a business and you're the sole like CEO and face of that business, I always recommend going with I. Um, primarily because like, who is the we? <laughs> like <laughs> you and your imaginary team, probably not in the beginning. Yeah. You know, it's you, you're the decision maker at that point in time. And the I allows for more of that personal connection. As, if you're working with a company, I think you go back and forth, right? If we're speaking on behalf of the company, I have a background in nonprofit management. If you're speaking on behalf of the nonprofit and the work that they do, it's a we. But if your CEO is stepping out and saying something, sharing their story, sharing what they're doing, it's an I, you know? Um, And then I guess as your business like evolves, and I see this a lot as, especially as someone who has added more team members and is moving more into a company role, I go back and forth between the two. Um, You know, if it's me, I'm showing up, I'm sharing a story, I'm focusing on connecting. It's I'm the one telling the story, you know, but if I'm talking about like the team as a whole and we made this decision, then I can share that. So right out of the gate, I say default to I as you grow, incorporate the we. I think that's great. And that's generally the advice that I've recommended as well, just because, you know, there are benefits to working with one-on-one with a freelancer, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe 
they're not available 24-7, but they are there to fully understand your business, to be invested in a way that some giant agency can't be. Totally. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So when it comes to building your personal brand, right? We're not just talking about website copy and I or we. What are we talking about? If I wanted to start investing in more of a personal brand for me, where would I start? Would I look inwardly? Would I do some research into things I, I should consider? What's the process look like? Yeah, so it's kind of all of that. And I like to say that branding as a whole, and I think it's important to say, is an experience. You know, like I think very old school and what I thought even just five years ago was like, let me get my website up and let me choose my colors and my fonts. And and if I do that, everything will be fine. And we've really learned, and now that information is so readily available to us, that it's not about those things. Uh, It really is about the experience that we're creating. And those things can help with that process. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's that voice. It's that mission. It's how we're carrying that through everything that we're doing from website design to copy to our products and our offers. And so the method that I teach um, is first to look inward because as a recovering perfectionist, I have a tendency to go <laughs> outward and say, Ooh, what are you doing? I'm going to just, that seems to be working. Let me just copy that. And that's what happened in the beginning of my business. So I recommend going inward first and really just the first practice that I love to guide people through is just what's your story? Because one of the first pieces of copy that everyone should really write is their brand story. And it's one of the most fun things that you can create in the beginning. So going inward and saying, what is my story? What has led me to where I am today? What's the purpose behind me wanting to put my work out in the world? Uh, As I mentioned before, I'm from a nonprofit background. So I always recommend my clients establish a mission for their brand. What are your values? These are the things that you want to identify right out of the gate so that you can make sure that you're always showing up in those pieces. Your brand is always showing up. And then the second piece of this is, all right, now who do you want to attract? You know, like a lot of people forget this step of the personal brand. And then we start showing up, sharing content and stories, and it's not resonating with people because it's just about me, 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 right? I, 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 I. When what we share needs to resonate with the people that we want to attract. So, you know, you're not showing up and just like writing your biography online, you're building a business. So the stories that you share, the content that you share, even the colors that you choose need to come down to, you know, how do I want my audience to feel? What are they seeking? What are they looking for? Uh, what's happened in their life? And so that portion of it is where we get more into research. You know, the the dreaded ideal client research that everyone mm-hmm. hates, but I swear you have to do. And I personally love it. Um, but that's where that piece comes in. And so then you combine those two things together and you say, all right, now let me decide what offer can I create based on my expertise that my audience absolutely needs because I know them so well at this point? What types of messages can I create that showcase my expertise and my strengths that resonate with my ideal customer? And so everything then kind of pulls on those two pieces as you build your business. This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free levels and free trials. But that's not all. 
Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like drip out content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including ConvertKit and MailChimp, and integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. Since the Build Something Club rolled out earlier this year, you can bet it's using Restrict Content Pro, and I have used all of the things mentioned here in this ad read. I have created free levels. I've created coupons. Uh, I use ConvertKit, and I'm using it with BBPress for the forums. I'm a big fan of the team, and I know they do fantastic work. The plugin has worked extremely well for me, and I was able to get memberships up and running very quickly. Right now, they are offering a rare discount for How I Built It listeners only. 20% off your purchase when you use RCP How I Built It at checkout. That's RCP How I Built It, all one word. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site, head on over to howibuilt.it slash RCP. That's howibuilt.it slash RCP. Thanks to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. This is the exact thing that I said again in that episode I just recorded. I made the Patreon copy about me and I started my own business and I want to make content full time and you should give me money so I can make content full time. And I just read it back recently and I'm like, what was I even thinking? Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares that I want to make content, right? Um, People want good content and they will support good content, but they're not just going to give me money to create it. Exactly. Because right? I want to create it, <laughs> exactly. I should say. Unless you're like a celebrity and then maybe right. they'll be so obsessed with you and your life that they're like, yeah, sign me up to watch behind the scenes. But like the majority of us are not there. And right. and I think too, just circling back to what you said, everyone wants to know what's in it for me. What's the benefit? Mm. So even if you are, you know, at a stage where maybe you're you're just sharing, you know, you're sharing behind the scenes stuff, why should someone pay you to see that? What's the benefit to them? And so no matter what you're doing with your copy, with your content, even with storytelling, where you might be saying, I started my business at, you know, my son was one month postpartum and I started my business. You still got to turn it back around to your audience and provide value to them. So it's not like a talking head situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. And then looking inwardly, I think that's really important. A book that has just uh, resonated with me ever since the day I read it was uh, Start With Why. Um, by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. And it's it what you said are a lot of a lot of the same things, right? It's figure out why you're doing something, establish your mission. Yeah. Uh, and then everything should should focus around that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now a lot of our a lot of the listeners here are small business owners. A lot are in the WordPress space, but a lot aren't. Um I guess that that was a weird thing to say. That's redundant. Um, a lot of people are definitely small business owners who um, maybe they don't have the time or resources to fully invest in something like this. Are there are are there like one or two things that they should really focus on first and then maybe build out over time? Yeah. So what I always recommend is like get super clear on those two pieces that we just talked about. You understand, like I said, your mission craft, you know, understand what has led you to where you are. Because doing that story work allows you to pull on the strengths and the experiences that you've had, which then you can share through your copy and your content. And then you've got to do the ideal client research. Like, 
it, you don't, mm-hmm. don't don't tell me you don't have time for it because you're going to suffer. You know, like people come to me and they're yeah. like, I don't know what content to share. And I'm like, do your ideal client research. I don't know how to write better copy. Do your ideal client research. You know, we always want to think there's some like mystery formula that we just have to follow. But it really is just like do the work, do the dirty work, and you're going to be set up for success in your business. I call it the foundation And one of my first coaches was like, you shouldn't use that word. It's not sexy. And I was like, I don't care. (laughs) Like, it's legit what I'm teaching you. Build a foundation like you would a building so that you continue to add to it and it doesn't topple on top of itself, you know? So those two pieces are key. And I tell entrepreneurs all the time, you don't need a perfect website. You don't need and designers don't come at me, but you don't need to hire a designer in your first year of business. There are so many tools out there. Go into Canva, put some colors in there and make a logo. You don't even need a freaking logo, which branding people always come at me for that too. It really comes down to your copy and your messaging. If you can write clearly to your ideal customer, you can have a a, a white background on a on a sales page with black copy and a photo and a button and you will still make sales. Yep, absolutely. I uh, w- what you said there really reminds me of uh, like get super clear on your mission. Uh, if you if you don't do the ideal client research, you're wasting your time. It reminds me of just last night. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. My son was hungry. He was crying. I didn't want him to wake up my daughter, and so I ran downstairs and I pulled a bottle out of the fridge. Now I knew I should have warmed it up because he doesn't like cold formula, uh, but I was like, it'll be fine. And uh, he, I tried feeding him for like 10 minutes and he kept rejecting it. And then I had to go back downstairs and warm <laughs> it up. Uh, and then he drank it all. But I, I wasted probably 20 minutes there. Yeah. Where he, and I knew. So, um, you know, don't, don't serve your business cold formula, I guess is what I'm trying no, to say I, here. <laughs> I love, love, love that analogy. And you wasted 20 minutes, but entrepreneurs waste years. I yeah, start. I mean, me too. I, I've done it. Yeah. I start working so. with entrepreneurs and they're like, I have a website. I post every day on social media. I'm doing the things. And when we really get down to it, there are gaps in their foundational pieces that small tweaks fix. And then suddenly it's like, oh, sweet. Now I just need to show up and keep running with this and scale my business. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned social media. Part of the reason that um, that I had you on the show, which, by the way, um, Brittany Lynn, and uh, I know I've mentioned her on the show before. She's helped me out. She's helped me figure out uh, my kind of ideal client stuff and who the niches I want to be in. Um, uh, connected us. And the, the thing that caught me the most was how to market your business without relying on social media. I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say, uh, I learned a long time ago that if you if if you build it, they will come. Right, that field of dreams marketing <laughs> yeah. does not work. As a developer, that was a very hard lesson for me to learn. But uh, then I just moved on to another fallacy, which is if I tweet it, they will come. Mm, right? Yeah. I thought if I I launched a course, if I tweet that I launched the course, people will see it's great and they will buy it. Um, but that's not really how it works, is it? No, unfortunately. I mean, fortunately for me, because I teach the strategies, <laughs> but unfortunately <laughs> for us as entrepreneurs, you know, like I said, I was right there too. I spent eight months with my husband trying to figure out this whole like website thing. And then I launched it like full, like champagne toast video on Instagram, like mm-hmm. full thing. Nobody came. 
my mom maybe, you know? And that website even sat there for months and months and months and wasn't getting consistent traffic. So, you know, I think like you were saying, one of the first thing is that we build a website and then we're like, all the people will find my website, but it doesn't work like that. So then we go to social media, which is really the the first thing that we're taught when we want to start a business. Just post on Facebook, post on Instagram, post on Twitter. And people will find you. But the reality is that people aren't using those platforms to find things. They are using those platforms for connection. And so a lot of entrepreneurs use social media solely as the top level for, you know, uh, getting in front of their cold audience and attracting that, you know, the brand awareness stage, basically. When really social media emphasis should be more on that connection stage, moving your audience through the buying process, the per- the personal branding aspect, them watching you on Insta stories, or you making a funny reel or those different things. That's where it should be. Um, but so many entrepreneurs were focused on it to find new people and then build their email platform. And then they grow by like five people every two weeks. <laughs> and they're frustrated mm-hmm. uh, when there's actually a better way, as I have come to find out. <laughs> Yes. And we're going to talk about that. I, I do want to uh, perhaps and build something more. We can talk about the social media, kind of maybe effective social media uh, uses, right? Because like you mentioned reels and I'm like, I don't know how to yeah. use reels. I'm like, somebody just invited me to Clubhouse today oh, and I don't know geez. what I'm doing there. Yeah. So <laughs> and build something more. We'll talk about specific social media platforms, what to do, what not to do. But you have a better way uh, besides just tweeting or writing on Facebook, hey, my website, come check out my website, right? Yeah. My friends and family don't care that I sell podcast courses. They they don't really know I have a podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's not that I hate social media. And I tell people this. I actually love it. I love hanging out on there and having fun. But it should not be what we rely on to build our email list to attract consistent leads and convert to sales. Uh, you know, you think of a triangle, an upside down triangle. We've all seen it like a pyramid, right? You've got that cold traffic coming in the top and that has to be consistent. Otherwise, the bottom's just going to dry up. You're not going to have anybody moving into a paying customer. And so these more evergreen strategies that I love to teach are the strategies that allow that consistent, um, those consistent leads to come in without requiring you to consistently create new content every single day. So, yeah. You, uh, I was going to say, you're speaking my language right <laughs> now because my my wife's and listeners know, my wife's a nurse. She works three 12-hour shifts a week, which means on those days, I'm watching my kids. Uh, and I don't, you know, so I'm not working. I don't have time to create that kind of new content. Evergreen strategies sound like exactly what I need. Yeah. And you know, I was, I, this came about for me on accident really, because I had done the things as we've talked about, I have built the business and I, I did hit six figures in my business in a year through a lot of exhaustive hustle. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I had, you know, I was raising a baby. I was working a nine to five for the first nine months. So I was, I was optimizing my strategies. I had some systems in place, but I was like, there's no way I can grow past this and maintain this same idea. So that's when I really started to look at things like Pinterest, um, search engine optimization, the power of Google and blogging, YouTube video, more of these search engine platforms where people are seeking out support in these areas, getting them, right? Hooking them and then nurturing and, and building my my community through like fun content. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. 
It's a new year and you can start off on the right foot by reclaiming your time. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into keyboard shortcuts called snippets. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. With Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates, Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take back your time and increase your productivity in the new year. And let me just say that Snippets is not all it does. With advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and much more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, Hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my keyboard and convert it to plain text, so I'm no longer fighting formatting. Plus, if you have employees or contractors, you can use Text Expander to manage and share snippets with them so you all get it right every time. I've recently started sharing Text Expander snippets with my virtual assistant. This year, How I Built It is focusing on being productive while working from home. Text Expander is the perfect tool for that. Plus, they're providing resources and blog posts to help you make the most of their tool and be productive. Text Expander is available on Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now is the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Maybe let's pick one. Maybe let's do YouTube, right? You said that you found kind of YouTube as, that's the number two search engine in the Mm -hmm. world, right? Like Google is number one and then Google owns YouTube is number two. People go there to learn things. Um, So if if I'm trying to develop an effective strategy for um, building an audience through these evergreen strategies, is is, is YouTube a good channel for that? It is. I always tell people to really think about how they like to create content. So some people love video. I'm one of those people. And I love video to be my core piece of content. So one of the things that I teach is called is repurposing. And mm. people call me the repurposing queen because I can take one piece of content <laughs> and I can turn it into like 32 pieces of content. So awesome. some people like video, some people write, and so they prefer blogging. Truly, the strategies are the same across the board. So that's nice. what's cool. I mean, like, where you upload your title and maybe your keywords is different placement, Mm -hmm. but the process that you go through is the same. And the reason that these all work, again, is because they're search engines, right? So same with Pinterest, which a lot of people don't think about. Um, But Pinterest is where you go, you type in the search bar, it's all keyword optimized. And so people will find your content. I don't know about you, but I don't search for anything on Facebook. (laughs) No. No. So so when you're thinking about these different um, platforms, and I, I'm happy to share like some of the steps on that, but what I really want to drive home too is that you're hitting people at every single stage of the buying process. So rather than just attracting somebody who's maybe looking for content, we're also attracting and getting in front of people who are ready to buy. 
So there's the stages of the buying process, right? Someone understands they've got a problem. And so they're looking for like options for their pro- to solve their problem. Then they move into the research stage, which is where people are, you know, Googling and looking on YouTube and stuff like that. Then they're aware of a solution. So now they're trying to explore like what's the best solution for them. They've figured it out. Now they're shopping around to figure out which one they're going to buy. And then they become a buyer. There are people who are at stage five who are like, I have my money. I want to give it to someone. I'm telling you, they're going to Google. They're typing in what they want. And then they're hitting up the first three people. And I know that because that's where most of my clients come from is just searching in branding coach and landing on my website, strong personal brand, investing the money. And so that's what's so cool about the whole concept of evergreen SEO optimized content is you're able to get people in at every single stage, whether they're just looking for help with, you know, three tips to write a better story, they might land on a blog post or they're just ready to pull out their credit card. I think that's fantastic. And it's so funny that you mentioned Pinterest because I had um, Chelsea Clark on, on the show a few episodes ago. And uh, that was like her trade secret. Yeah. Was like, Mine too. <laughs> uh, not enough people are using Pinterest. So I think that's so funny. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to, I told Chelsea I would look into it. Now I definitely need yeah. to look into it. Um, so that's, that's incredible. So uh, this is really interesting that you say that, right? Because again, the conventional wisdom says like, you need to get people at the top of the funnel and you in, and and you introduce yourself and then you get them on your mailing list and then you market to them for like 14 years and then maybe they're ready to buy <laughs> yeah. right like um but but people who are ready to spend money like those are probably the best people to to um directly market to in the short term mm-hmm. right uh, i i i don't want to say that like the nurturing is bad obviously cuz it's great but um if people are willing to spend their money, might as well spend it with you. Totally. And and yeah, the nurturing part is so fun, right? And and I've yeah. had things where I'm like, oh, you're cool. Let me just like see what you're about and I'll buy down the road. But I think as a business owner, it's important to understand that your ideal customer could be at these different stages. And when you create this evergreen type of content, you're able to show up and pull them in no matter what stage they're at, rather than social media, which is totally different. Um, not to mention like... <laughs> actually getting it in front of people who are searching for it is near impossible. So uh, so that's why these strategies are so helpful in sustainably growing your business, getting those consistent leads and making that consistent sale. Yeah, I, I think that's super important. And so uh, again, if we're talking about YouTube, um, just for example, yeah. um, people are finding that evergreen content. I know because the, my uh, I see the comments come in on my YouTube videos, the most popular ones. And it's like how to do separate audio tracks with Zoom, right? Uh, Or like my friends are like, dude, I searched on YouTube and you were the first one to come up. Great video. And um, how do I, how do, how does one, Uh I don't want to make this seem like it's about me, but uh, how does, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I was always that guy in class who raised his hand and asked a question because I knew I had that question, but I assumed like half of the class also had that question. Totally. Um, and so how do I get them from YouTube to mailing list Mm -hmm. or bot is like, it's from YouTube to mailing list, even the right move. You say all the, all of these people are at different stages. Um, 
where do I, what's my call to action in a post YouTube video? Yeah. So I always recommend email list um, because I always say an email is the first investment that someone will make in your business. And when we start thinking about email addresses as currency, everything changes. Um, I, it pains me when people are like, come follow me on Instagram, right? Or <laughs> or like, you know, just go, just like this video and that's it. It's like, no, if someone's watched the end of your video for YouTube specifically and they're engaged, they're ready for the next step. So give them that opportunity. So across the board, no matter what you do, I always recommend some sort of lead magnet, right? Some way to get somebody on your email list. And and in service based, that's typically, you know, something free, right? A free guide, a free video, free something. But it can also be for product based, a coupon, you know, there's all take a quiz. There's all kinds of different things that you can mm-hmm. do. But that's really important because people are typically like, this is great. Like, I want more of this. And we we want to get them on our email list because although your email list is maybe on a platform that you don't c- control. The reality is you do have more control over that information than Facebook or Instagram, right? If Instagram went down and that was all that you were using to get in touch with your community, you would be screwed. (laughs) But if you have an email list on the back end, you can download that spreadsheet, move to a different platform, email, get really creative with it. So across the board, I recommend that. And because these pieces of content are evergreen, I very rarely recommend, um, pitching a product or a service unless it too is evergreen. So if you have a course that you sell all the time or a membership site that people can join or even something that opens multiple times a year and you're just saying, hey, I offer this inside of my program, go here to learn more. And then if they land there, doors are open, great. If not, they can join a wait list. Um, But yeah, across the board, always, always email list. I'm a a firm believer in that one. Awesome. I'm really glad to hear that because that's also what I've been preaching. And I'm like, you know, I'm 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 a guy. I know some things, but it's always good to hear from from the experts. Um, and so, but but also, I haven't been good about that, right? I always end my YouTube videos with like and subscribe, smash mm. that like button. I've I've never said that for real okay, in a YouTube video. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like and subscribe, uh, and then then my tagline, and I I'll have the the um like the card, right? So people can go mm-hmm. or the icon, right? On the end screen. I've I've put a lot of time into my end screens, but saying it verbally, saying it verbally in the video is super important, right? Mm-hmm. If you like what I'm talking about, get the free guide for whatever. Five Zoom tips that'll make you look even better. Yeah. That's a, I just thought of that lead magnet I like now it. by the time this comes out. Yeah, It might be um, really valuable for a lot of people yeah. today. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important. And I really needed to hear that because at first I, I wasn't sure. Right. And um, but you're right about owning your platform. I export my my subscriber list like once every six weeks, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me sound like a crazy you're person. Not crazy. But, right. If if my um, uh, I use ConvertKit and I assume they're not going anywhere because they're really great. But if they disappear one day, you know, I'm losing a bunch of email yes. addresses. So. Yes. Yeah. 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 I use ConvertKit too. We do the same thing. We're we're really adamant about our email list over here. Um, I say we now because my team member actually does it. But um, <laughs> I don't have to do it anymore. But yes. we not only download, but clean our list quite frequently. You know, um, we get a lot of subscribers every day and I invest in advertising and some of those different avenues as well. I want to make sure that the people who are there actually want to be there. So we frequently like to clean our list to to help with that as well. So there's a little bonus tip for those of you. 
This episode is brought to you by MindSize. Look, it's super important for stores to have an online presence these days. If customers can't buy online, they might not buy at all. And while doing e-commerce fast has gotten easier, doing e-commerce right still has its considerable challenges. That's where MindSize comes in. They are a full-service digital agency that focuses on WordPress and WooCommerce development. But that's not all. They work with Shopify, BigCommerce, and more. And they'll work with you to create the perfect strategy and website for your business. Already have an e-commerce site and want to make sure it's up and running in tip-top shape? Their flat rate site audit is exactly what you need. Over the course of two weeks, they'll dive into every aspect of your site and deliver a prioritized list of actionable recommendations to make your site even better. That means more sales and engagement for you and your store. Or if you're a freelancer or agency who feels in over your head with an e-commerce build, their agency support plan is built specifically for you. There were a few times in my career where I really could have used that. They'll take a high-stress situation and help you relax while still delivering for your client. So check out MindSize over at MindSize.com today. They will help you make more money, whether you need an e-commerce store, whether you need to improve your current e-commerce store, or if you build e-commerce stores for others. That's MindSize.com, M-I-N-D-S-I-Z-E.com. Thanks so much to MindSize for supporting the show. We are moving into the kind of tips for listeners segment of the show. You've given us so much, but let's say that somebody, um, they've done your first two. uh, They've taken your first two pieces of advice, right? Uh, Look inward, what's your story? Figure out your ideal client. What's the next step? What what should they do from there? Yeah, so I think from there, it really becomes creating content. We want to wait to create content until like, we keep, I feel like I'm, oh, I'm beating a dead horse, right? We have the website <laughs> up or the thing. Yep. But like, if you want to sell, you need to have people to sell to. So one of the best things that you can do once you've got a little solid ground with who am I? Who do I want to attract? What's my mission? What am I offering, right? Then start putting content out there so that you can start building your audience. And so the first thing that I recommend is focus on quality content. Um, Focus on things people are searching for. (laughs) If, If I kind of, I'm like, I'm like holding my eyes right now. People can't see me because I'm like (laughs) trying to meditate. People are always like, what do I talk about? What do I create content about? I'm like, go Google, (laughs) see what people are searching for. If you really want to show up, go into your niche and figure out what people need help with. There are so many free tools out there. I'm going to tell you some of them now. Answer the Public is an awesome free tool. Um, All of these give you a limited amount of searches every day, but still, just go do it every day for like five days and you'll be solid for 90 days. Um, Answer the Public will tell you the top questions being asked on Google. And you can type in your industry. You can type in your ideal customer. You can type in pain points. And they will tell you exactly what people are asking for. You can use a tool called Keywords Everywhere, which is a small investment, but amazing when you're wanting to do SEO. It'll tell you how many monthly searches keywords get. 
So you, you know, you might be like, this is great. And it gets zero searches a month. It's not really yeah. going to help you. You can change even a little bit of the language. You can get a thousand searches a month. And that's amazing. You can even use YouTube specifically because they will autofill for you. And so go to the search bar and type in, you know, something relevant to what you're offering and let it tell you what the top searches are. So doing research and having that strong strategy in place to create content that people are actually searching for is important. And then you put your spin on it, right? Like I did a podcast episode the other day on morning routines. It was like pulling teeth from my team to get me to do this. Cause I was like, I'm not doing fluff content. And they're like, everyone keeps asking for this. Everyone wants this. So I put my own spin on it. And it's been a huge download and I've gotten tons of messages that are like, oh my gosh, I love this. You get to put your own spin on it, but you got to make sure you're getting in front of people. It's the same with like subject lines. If your subject line isn't amazing, no one's going to open your email and no one's going to know about all the goodness that you have. Same with titles of your content. So number one is focus on creating high value quality content that people are actually searching for. Don't just pull it out of, you know, thin air be like, this mm-hmm. This might be nice. Um, and the good news is you'll have a lot of that information because you've done the ideal client research. Yes. You know? I, I, have, I have been reminded because I just kind of do things that I think are good yeah. ideas. I have been reminded that I am not my ideal customer, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I, it's something important to remember. Um, uh, so this is great advice. And to the public, I'm definitely going to check that one out because I've never heard of it before. Uh, really excited about that. Jennifer Bourne was on the show early on this year, and she also talked about joining Facebook groups and and com- like even paid communities where people are asking questions. Of, like I, communities for your ideal customer, yeah. right? Yeah. Not like communities of whatever, like whatever you do professionally. Totally. Because yeah, And that's a cool thing. Answer the Public can also point you to like forums and like Reddit and stuff. Awesome. So then you can read through yeah. that. And uh, full disclaimer, I actually hate Facebook groups. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, I love them for like paid Me stuff. Too. Okay. But I don't yeah. have my own. I can't, I stopped that a long time ago when I learned about evergreen content. But I will go into Facebook groups and just use the search function <laughs> and just nice. see what questions people are asking for support on and then write a blog post about it. So you're totally right. Yeah. It's a great, great tool for ideal client research. That's awesome. And then one more tool based on YouTube is uh, VidIQ. Have you yes, heard of this one? Love VidIQ. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's so it's been. I think it's really been helpful for me. Um, I, I've only kind of used it like superficially, right? Just like the the when I create a video, the the uh, extension in Chrome is there, and it's like suggesting keywords. Yep. I I really need to dive deep into it though because I think it's um you know, I think that it could be a really valuable tool for me. And I figure my channel is monetized now and the the amount I make is less than what they charge or is more than what they charge monthly. So <laughs> there you go. I figure good investment. Good investment. Yeah. So, well, it's yeah. funny because that kind of actually is like tip number two, which is to actually optimize your content. So you're creating the high value content. You're creating content that people, you know, are searching for and then make sure that you're actually optimizing that content. So no matter what platform, evergreen platform you're choosing, we'll focus on YouTube specifically, there are tools out there to tell you and give you tips on what keywords to use. Think about optimizing, you know, the title for search, you know, the title, for instance, I might write a blog post that has a different title than a video of the same content that I put on YouTube because I'm I'm really paying attention to optimizing it for each of the platforms. Mm-hmm. You're thumbnail, right? Like making sure that these pieces are in place because they play a huge role in your content actually getting seen. We think like we're going to have an amazing video and everyone's going to find it. 
it really comes down to title and keywords and first impression. And that's it. Like those could be great and your video could suck (laughs) and you'll Mm -hmm. still rank as number one. We want it to be great all across the board. So people, you know, want to hear more from you, but make sure when you're creating this content, you're taking the time to optimize it, whether that's SEO for blogging, writing your description, making sure your title and your keywords and your headers are in there. Same with Pinterest, same with YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, the, the YouTube thumbnail, super duper important. It's crazy. Like, I never thought about it until I noticed that like all the people who were making similar content to me had like them making a face and then like pointing. And my pointing, it's like a whole thing right now. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm not point, it's usually a screen grab of me that I like cut out and put, but I just can't, or like I saw one where a guy was like, one finger up and like looking like a teacher and like, I'm like this, you look so unnatural. Um, but I'm I'm doing my best. And a vidIQ is cool because like it'll show your thumbnail embedded with other thumbnails yeah, too yeah. Uh, in a search. So. Well, now you can do awesome. like GIFs, thumbnails. Wh- what? Yeah. <laughs> you can do moving Bre- thumbnails. Bre- breaking news. I did not know Breaking that. news. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. I'm going to look into that too. I got a lot of homework for this episode. Sorry. Michelle, this has been so, so much fun. I do need to ask you my favorite question which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm going to bring it back to the beginning on the storytelling piece. This is my secret. This is my secret. Not enough people do it. But every piece, I want you to, I'm going to challenge you that every piece of content that you create has a micro story in it somewhere. Now, that micro story can be in the introduction where you introduce, you know, what you're sharing and why you're sharing it. Um, That micro story can be in in the actual education piece of it. It can be at the end. But the, the thing with storytelling that is so amazing is the effect that it has on our audience's brain. So when you incorporate even just one single sentence of storytelling in your content, your audience is 22 times more likely to remember it. I don't know about you, but I want people to remember my stuff. So even just that simple thing, there's neurocoupling. I nerd out on this stuff, but there's neurocoupling that happens when we hear other people's stories. So our brains are activated. Dopamine is released. We feel good. And it doesn't even have to be... you know, it doesn't have to be an earth-shaking story, as I like to say. It's those small, relatable moments. So that has been my secret. Every piece of content that I create, every podcast that I'm on, everything that you will see from me has a tiny little bit of storytelling in it, whether it's mine or my ideal customers or what I like to call future casting, which is like a pretend made-up kind of figurative story uh, because it's so, so powerful and will serve you on both branding and the marketing level and selling, honestly. Uh. That's awesome. Micro story. I love it. As you say that, it make this uh, something is clicked for me, right? Because one of my most popular pieces of content right now is is a blog post that's uh, that's titled like "Why Gear Matters Least When You're Starting a Podcast." Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I tell a story about how, like, growing up, my favorite baseball player was Paul O'Neill, and I wanted to bat like Paul O'Neill, but like me trying to mimic him and look and sound like him, quote unquote, uh, didn't work for me because uh, first of all, I'm not a lefty. Uh, <laughs> second of all, he's very tall. Um, so I, I, I just think that's great. Um, I'm going to challenge accepted. All right. As I write more blog posts, I'm, I'm going to include a micro story in each. And I'm glad you said the beginning in the, uh, in, in the educational piece or at the end, mine was towards the end. And I was like questioning that. I'm mm-hmm. like, should I put it? 
upfront to like hook the the reader. But the I think the headline hooked them enough yeah. probably to keep reading. Yeah, it, it always depends on what you're presenting. You know, sometimes if you mm. have to give a backstory, especially like we talked about, educational content does really well because that's what people are mm. searching for. Um, sometimes you want to set that up. You know, if we're sharing a misconception or mistakes or how to do something, we might want to share our journey with that. But um, sometimes you can just hook by like asking questions or speaking directly to your ideal customer. But yeah, no matter where, put that story in there. I don't care where it is. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Michelle, this has been an absolute pleasure. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yes. Instagram? Yeah, yeah, definitely find me on Instagram. Uh, You can go to my website, which is fully optimized. It's uh, brandmary.com. It's B-R-A-N-D-M-E-R-R-Y.com. And there's links to all the things, tons of blog and video content on there, a freebie so you can join my email list, you know, all the things. All the good stuff. Awesome. I will include that and all sorts of links that we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 210. If you want to hear Michelle and I talk more about the do's and don'ts of specific platforms, maybe a little bit about uh, travel, because you mentioned something interesting in the pre-show. You can sign up for Build Something More, the Build Something Club, over at buildsomething.club. It's a paltry $5 a month uh, and you get lots of really fantastic content and a custom member chip. It's a poker chip with the podcast logo on it. I love it. Uh, But in any case, Michelle, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thanks to our sponsors, MindSize Restricted Content Pro and Text Expander. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. 